Our scripture lesson today is the prequel to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 1. And uh, we are looking at the ascension uh, and the good words of the Lord to us this day. Let's share in God's good word together. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. It is my great joy and privilege to welcome our bishop, Bishop Jimmy Nunn and Mary. Uh, thank you for being with us. Uh, bishop Nunn uh, became our Episcopal leader of the Oklahoma United Methodist Church uh, and the Oklahoma Indian Missionary Conference on September 1st. And I think we're the second place uh, you've preached these days in terms of church. So we welcome you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Foster. It's great to be here with you today. And uh, I want to wish you, first of all, happy birthday. (laughs) How's it feel to be a teenager? (laughs) Fifteen years is a great, uh, great accomplishment and, uh, of course, the church was planted a little bit before that, and uh, many of you know this. You've got a great story and a great heritage, and, and I am so grateful today to be here with you, to be able to celebrate uh, this birthday uh, with you. And so, congratulations. I'm so thrilled to be here in Oklahoma. Uh, I've been here for, I don't know what day it is, but since September 1st, so what, how many ever days that's been Uh, That's how long I've been here. Originally, I'm from Lubbock, Texas. Um, My wife and I have lived there for 30 years, and uh, we uh, have two children, and we're delighted to be here. It's just a wonderful and great blessing to be here in Oklahoma and to be here in Acts 2 today on this special occasion. So thank you for coming today. As I prepared my heart for this message, I I knew about a month ago I'd be speaking, and so I was asking God, Lord, what would you have me to say? What would uh, help this church, and what would help these people to celebrate the past and to look toward the future? And so I wanted to go backwards a little bit before the second chapter of Acts to the first chapter of Acts. And the first chapter of Acts was one of these that prepares our hearts for what's coming in that second chapter and as I was preparing I was out walking one night and uh, I noticed that there were a group of men their heads were turned toward the sky the sun on the horizon had dropped and these guys were standing in the middle of an intersection paying absolutely no attention to the traffic it was coming from right from left all around them And yet here they were, their gaze just set on something up above them. What was going on up there? And so as I looked a little closer, 
I noticed that uh, they had their eyes fixed on something that had a green light and two red lights that were blinking on and off, on and off, on and off. And they were just fixated on those lights. And uh, as I walked a little closer and I saw them, I got close enough to realize that, that the whole world around them had stopped. Their eyes were fixated on this thing that was on and off, on and off. And the closer I got, I finally realized one of them had a control stick in his hand. And the other ones were just talking like a bunch of third graders. They were so excited. And what they were doing, they were out flying a drone. <laughs> they were so excited. It was just like school kids. And uh, as I walked by them, I thought of a number of things I could do. But I elected to leave them alone. Just to pass by and let them have their fun. And I began thinking about where they were in life. Here they are in the middle of an intersection, paying absolutely no attention to traffic. It was getting dark. Don't you know their mothers would be upset with them if they saw what was happening? They weren't paying attention to anybody else. They were in the middle of a beam-me-up Scotty moment. And so I let them go. Does life get any better than that? Well, once I passed this group, a couple of thoughts came to mind, and one of them uh, was this. It, uh, and if you know me well, you'll understand why this first, first thought came. My first thought was, how much do one of those things cost? <laughs> the second one, I marveled at the capacity these guys had of being able to block out the whole world around them and focus just on that one thing. And then as I walked a little further, I thought, you know, there's got to be a message or a parable in that story somewhere. And uh, so I let my mind wander to the scripture. And it fell on this scripture in Acts 1. And I'm going to talk about today just the question that was raised at the end. Why do you stand there looking up? You know, it's hard to stand there just just looking up, just try it sometime. For me, I can't see where I'm walking if I'm looking up. I can't find the refrigerator. That's very important to me. Uh, I can't find anything around me if I'm just fixated on what's above me. And I can imagine those disciples just standing there looking up, fixated just like those guys dr uh, flying that drone were. And they would look at Jesus and they'd say, oh, he's surrounded by light. There he is, a little tiny speck, and then he was gone. He was taken back up into heaven, disappeared in a, in a cloud. And a couple of guys came up then to the disciples and they, and they asked this question, why do you stand there looking into heaven? And that's a question that brings them back to life it brings them back to the moment as I took that walk that day and I was praying for this congregation and for this day uh, it dawned on me there were some spiritual implications out of this text and out of this encounter and I want to share 
a couple of those with you today. My first thought uh, drifted to another man in Scripture who looked up to pray. Now, there's nothing wrong with looking up to pray, looking down, eyes closed, eyes open, doesn't matter. But this guy in the Scripture was one who looked up to pray because in his own eyes, he did everything right. He was a Pharisee, and he lived a perfect life. If you doubted that, just ask him. He would tell you that he was absolutely perfect. In fact, his prayer went something like this. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Now, can you imagine? Look around you. Would you imagine saying that prayer? Lord, I'm glad I'm not like them or I'm not them. You know, can you imagine coming here today and praying a prayer like that? Lord, I'm glad I'm not like all these other people around here. I'm so much better than they are. This guy, you know, he said, uh, I'm not like a robber. I'm not like an evildoer. I'm not like the people on the back row. Uh, in fact, on the back row was a tax collector. He was sitting in my seat. It's the very last one by the door. That's my chair. And the Pharisee says, I'm glad I'm not like him. I do all these good things. And uh, he was a great member of his church. Well, membership today has changed. It's not about just coming and showing up and bragging to God on how good you are. <laughs> Boy, I would not last one second in a church like that, would you? <laughs> membership has changed. The meaning of church has changed. And I want to illustrate with this with a story Many years ago, I went to the hospital to see a guy who was sick. He was a prominent car dealer in Lubbock. And that's where I'm from, Lubbock, Texas. I probably said that already. But anyway, if you hadn't picked on, up on the accent, somebody uh, said, I know where you're from, but I want to tell you, you are having the privilege of hearing English spoken without an accent this morning. So anyway, this guy was from Lubbock, and he was in the hospital and uh, he, uh, we visited well together. He was quite a character. And uh, he, uh, he said, wait a minute, before you go, let me write a check out to the church. And so I thought, well, yeah, I'll wait on that. So he wrote out a check and folded it up, gave it to me, and, and I put it, was putting it in my pocket and was going to take it to the office. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I want you to look at that check first. So I looked at it and and I saw, this is a check for $9,000. I thought, well, that's really a generous check. And he said, uh, well, don't look at the amount, which, you know, you know, that's what I think it's for. Look at the amount. Look at what it's for. And so I looked on the little far line, and it said, sinning dues. <laughs> sinning dues. And so this guy, you know, how could I walk out the door after receiving a $9,000 check for sinning dues? <laughs> so I talked to him a little more, and uh, we visited, and, and I found out from him he really didn't see the need to go to church anymore. He didn't pray. He didn't do any of the spiritual disciplines. But he said this, I appreciate being part of the organization and I feel an obligation to support it. 
Well, the church has changed from that, hadn't it? Church, that's not the church. But you know, when I left there, I, in hindsight, I should have told him, go and sin some more. <laughs> the more sin, the bigger the check. If that's the way you're going to look at it, go sin a lot and send, a big, send us a big check. Well, I am so happy to be in Acts 2 today because we're celebrating 15 years of what the church ought to be. And I'm really thrilled to hear the impact that you've had on the community here. We're not just writing checks to cover sin and dues. We're celebrating the fact that we're involved in the lives of people. And one of those things I'm so thrilled to hear is the relationship that you've got with Frontier Elementary and with Heartland Middle School. And we celebrate that relationship not by just looking backwards, but by looking forwards because this church is called to make a greater impact on the lives of people in the future. That is wonderful. And also I'm celebrating the, the outreach that you've got, including uh, outreach to Syrian refugees. And, and I saw pictures of some of the 13 wells that this church has drilled for people in Guatemala and El Salvador. And I can guarantee you firsthand if you've seen horrible, polluted, disease-carrying water, a water well is a miracle in the lives of people who receive that gift. Thank you, church. You've partnered to help the poor even in this region through agencies, and you've done that on your own as well. And some of those partnerships include the Hope Center of Edmond, the Regional uh, Food Bank of Oklahoma, the YMCA, Skyline Urban Ministries, and the Jubilee Partners. You guys are doing a lot of ministry outside the walls, which is what we're called to do as a church. Happy birthday! Can I get an amen from you? Amen. All right. I've got one other thought I want to share with you today. Now, I asked for the amen before I told you I had one other thought. But this one is a little more introspective. I want us to think inside a little bit more. And I want to share a story with you uh, that happened to me recently. I was going to a, a, a store in, a, in the mall the other day. I love going to the mall. I love going to stores. Don't you know it? And uh, I was in the parking lot and walking up there, and, and as I was walking toward the, the door, here was this woman. She had two kids with each hand and talking on cell phone at the same time. I don't know how you can do that, but she did it. And uh, was just giving a tirade to the person on that other line. She was yelling in that phone, said, I am through with her. I'm never talking to her again. I'm through and she yelled at her kids, get in the car. Well, wouldn't you get in the car after that? I'd almost want to get in the car. I had heard that's all I heard except for those few words that I did hear. But I'm trying to keep this message pulpit quality. Whew, I heard enough. So I lengthened my stride a little uh, to where I could get on in that store. And I realized as I walked in, there was a woman who'd lost hope. There was a woman who was really, really stressed 
probably not a bad person, really, really stressed. And her children and whoever was on the other end of that phone line was experiencing her wrath. And I even caught a little of it. Do you know when hope is gone, wrath is often the replacement? When hope is gone, despair sets in. And I remembered the, the question in this text, why do you just stand there looking up? And one reason we just stand there looking around or looking up for help is because we, we're trying to find hope again. And when we've lost our hope, the place we look for hope is the same place we last saw hope. And even though there are many people who are dropping out of church nowadays, the last place they had hope was in the church. And people come in asking the question, is there any hope for me here? Everybody experiences moments of hopelessness. Everybody. And during those times, we spiral downward. We feel lost. We get angry. We are alone. We are depressed. And there are a lot of reasons for it. Losing a job. Losing a loved one or a relationship that's, uh, that's going bad. Sometimes it's sickness or misunderstanding or pain. Sometimes it's connected to our children or our parents. Loss of hope comes to us from many, many ways. But I tell you today, one reason we're celebrating 15 years of Acts 2 Church is because this is a place where you can discover hope again. If you've lost hope, if you feel inadequate, if you're looking for a word of encouragement, this is a place you can find that. That's what we're built on. That's what we're about. I want to ask you to do something. I did this long ago whenever I had lost some hope. And, and, and this is the, the, really it's an exercise, but it's a spiritual exercise. And so just imagine with me that you're looking at the face of God, the face of Jesus. And, and he's looking at you. And I want to ask, what expression does God have on his face? When he's looking at you. Is he angry? Is he bewildered? Is he disappointed? Is he confused? Is he judgmental? Is he ready to bite your head off? If that's the Jesus you think you see. You're looking in a mirror. You're not looking in the face of God. But that image can be very, very real if you feel very far away from God and you feel like you've lost hope. If that's how you see God looking at you, picture instead Jesus looking at you with compassion on his face because that is the real Jesus. He understands where you are. 
Picture Jesus with a smile on his face when he's looking at you. I realized one time that some people go through their whole life and think God never smiles at me. I invite you to look at the smiling face of God looking at you, offering you hope. The second chapter of Acts is the story of the birth of the church. Jesus had returned to heaven. The disciples were gathered in one place. They were in one heart and mind. And they were open to God. And then the Holy Spirit filled that place. And marvelous things began to happen. People heard the gospel proclaimed in a language they could understand. Their lives were changed. They were filled with the power of God. And they were now empowered to embark on a mission to change the world and that mission is not just for them back there it's here today happy birthday church you've been at it for 15 years and God is still calling us to be about that same mission everybody's welcome here some of you may have been here <clears throat> for a long time and others may be new, and some may be this may be your first day. But I encourage you to find a place here. This is a place to serve. This is a place to be a part. This is a place where you're welcome. You may feel God calling you to make a contribution to the world around us. This is a place. There's a wonderful staff here, and they want to help you find your place in ministry. Find that place. Open up your heart. God may be nudging you to be involved in a new way. Church, I invite you today not to get stuck in the first chapter of Acts. Don't just stand there looking up. Turn that page to Acts 2. Find the power of God for your life. And turn specifically to Acts 2. 42. And here's the verse, I'll bet you've heard it before. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayer. Happy birthday, church. 15 years. God bless you.